Welcome to Industrial Marketing Live. I'm Peyton Warren, a senior strategist at the industrial marketing agency, Gorilla76, and I am one of your IML hosts. Today, we are talking about artificial intelligence. No, not the robot kind, the language model kind. AI language processing tools like ChatGPT, Google Bard, and Claude have been taking the world by storm in 2023. And as we venture into Q4, I really can't believe it, we refuse to let the year go by without talking about it here on Industrial Marketing Live. Now, this is a topic we're still learning a lot about. Um, If I'm being honest, I feel overwhelmed by it. (laughs) Um, AI is a playground. So I want to say at the outset that we see today's IML session is just a little bit different. We really, really want to hear from you um, always, but today that's especially true. I want to know how are you using AI right now, if at all, whether it's for marketing or something else, Um, what has been working for you? Have you experimented with it at all? Um, What experiments have you done? If you've got anything to share about that already, just go ahead and start adding it into the chat or, you know, heck, just raise your hand, use those little Zoom features, and we will pull you up on stage today to join the conversation at the outset. But to get us started, I want to welcome our most adventurous gorillas uh, who've been jumping into the crazy world of AI. Kevin, Brendan, Alan, Grace, Aaron, you've all been playing with AI lately, so tell me. How are you using it? Whoever jumps in first goes first. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Um, yeah. So I've just been like looking at all the things that I do for work and just trying to find ways to make it better or to make it faster. Um, so I will say, I don't think these AI tools, at least you know the ones that I've been using, like uh, ChatGPT and Claude are at a place where it's like, put the prompt in, you get this amazing thing out the first try, and then you can upload that into LinkedIn or to an ad or to an article and you're good to go without any human uh, oversight. But I have found it's been great for brainstorming. Um, It's great for getting something on the paper that I can edit down. So I kind of suffer from a blinking cursor on an empty page syndrome. And I much rather have something on the page that I can edit down and craft and form myself uh, compared to just sitting out and writing out the thing I want. Um, it takes a lot of work to figure out the prompts, uh, but that's kind of where I've been using it is like link, uh, LinkedIn post formation, uh, you know, coming up with topics for articles, um, podcast scripting, podcast outlining, podcast questions, uh, writing podcast descriptions, you know, with, uh, with, a, with a transcript, um, yeah. And helping to edit podcasts. Like, so I, I've been using it pretty frequently in a lot of different areas, uh, using it for some positioning, uh, for like customer research. Like what does a manufacturing engineer do? Or what does this really specific job title in this field do? Uh, so it's been helping me like, you know, cause there's just so much variation in what people do in manufacturing. So it's been helping me like wrap my head around, uh, without like having to go and search for Google. Uh, so kind of use it as a search engine a little bit. So I've been using it pretty, uh, pretty varied. Um, but I will say, a lot of human effort has to go into the final product to get it ready for something that's, um, you know, audience facing. So that's how I've been using it. Uh, Kevin Allen, what have you guys been using it for? Yeah, um, kind of the same thing there, Brendan. Um, it's been like a thinking partner for me, and I've mostly just been using it to test and learn just what the heck is AI and what are the limitations. Um, you know, as a 
performance marketer, you know, I deal in paid media and I see so many people talk about, oh, AI is going to help you uh, run better ad campaigns. It's going to optimize um, like performance and metrics and everything. Um, I've looked at a lot of the available AI tools on the market for performance marketing. And most of them are just designed for e-commerce or something where like a transaction happens online. And it's not really artificial intelligence. It's just kind of an algorithm that does quick math to tell you which ads are giving you the best return on ad spend. (laughs) So um, there's not a whole lot that it can do as far as like actually optimizing paid media. Um, I've even exported some data from LinkedIn, like campaign performance, and then prompted ChatGPT like, hey, you're going to act as a LinkedIn ads expert. I'm going to give you this data. You're going to tell me which ads perform best based off of these metrics, these parameters. And I input that and after about a minute, it'll give me something back and it'll say, well, these couple ads had the highest click-through rate. It's really cool that it can do that, but that's nothing new that a human can't do. And I feel like I can actually do that faster. It takes me longer to export the data and then input it into chat GPT and tell it to do exactly what I need um, than for me to just pull up the ad platform, okay, this ad had the highest click-through rate, great. (laughs) So um, I've been mostly just using ChatGPT for um, experimenting, seeing if it can actually get a a result or an output that I could get to in the same amount of time. Um, I'm just excited for the time when AI is integrated into ad platforms because then I'm not having to do all of these clunky steps to export and then import and this and that. It'd be really cool if I could just ask AI integrated into a LinkedIn uh, campaign manager, like, hey, I want to A-B test these two headlines. These are the metrics. Tell me what you see. And um, I'm mostly writing a lot of paid social ad copy. So in my role, I tend to use ChatGDP mostly as a writing intern that is very knowledgeable, very energetic, but very unpolished and unpracticed. Um, so if I if I need to just bounce something, I need I don't have anyone available in my office to ask a stupid question or to think what do you what what how would you summarize this information? I think I might be missing something out of this long blog that I'm trying to get people to view. You know, how would you summarize it? And then I can think, oh, well, okay, maybe I didn't think enough about that. I you know, can use that in my own thought process, but I don't trust it for anything. It is, it is a really, really knowledgeable ninth grader. Um, so I also will use it to be like, okay, I need to get under 600 characters here. And for the life of me, I can't get below 650. How would you do this, ChatGDP? And it will probably do it in a way that is not the best. But it will give me an, oh, yeah, well, that I won't do it like that. But I will do it like this, modifying what you did a little bit because I didn't think about that. So it's just a good way to bounce stuff off of somebody and then um, get different ways of doing things that you can try to apply in your own work, hopefully far better than what the AI gave you. So I promised I would pull folks in. Um, Jonathan Royce. If you're willing to come off mute, 
you said that you've tested it for writing blog articles on your site. You've got to refine them, um, but you've been using chat GPT. Caitlin, you um, plussed that a little bit. Uh, and Jared Beasley, you've also been mentioning that you're using it as like a launch point for blogs. So yeah, Jonathan, I'd be curious if you're willing to try to find you. But if you're... Uh... Sure, I'm here. There you are. Hey, Jonathan. Yeah, hello. <laughs> Sorry, I have my camera off because I'm actually prepping some dinner. It's getting to be dinner time in Europe. But um, oh, cool. Yeah, no, we we have used it successfully to write like drafts to get like the sort of um, skeleton of a blog article in place. And then we've refined it with subject matter, matter experts after that. So it's been a way to sort of, I mean, someone, I, I can't remember who said the comment about going from blank cursor to at least like a page of text that we can yeah. refine after that. That's been a successful way that we've found to, that we've been able to use ChatGPT. Do you feel like it has any limitations for like different topics that you've covered or it's just been able to fill the void in any way? It's, that been, you su- need it right now? <clears throat> it's been surprisingly good. Um, one of the early tests I did actually was I asked it to write a sales strategy for our company against one of our major competitors. And it actually, it, it created a five point strategy of which four were part of our current strategy. There was one thing that I was like, oh, we're not doing that and we don't want to do that. But the other ones were surprisingly on target. Then we did it the opposite way. We asked it to pretend it was our biggest competitor and what would it use as a strategy against us? And it actually also came up with some reasonable tactics, I would say, like things I I used to work for our largest competitor. So when I saw what it said, I was like, yeah, that's not too far off from what I would have done in my old job. Interesting. Today I'm testing, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but I'm testing this uh, tool that like I recorded a video of myself and it's now created an avatar of myself. And then it's going to like, I can give it text and it'll create a video of me speaking in six different languages. Whoa. It's That's called probably like, very uh, handy. I, um, yeah. I, hopefully I'll put it on my LinkedIn tomorrow. So you'll be able to see it. And I'll, I can't remember cool. exactly what it's called. It's called like, Hey, something, but, um, yeah, I saw somebody else post a thing on Instagram about it, and I was like, I have to test this. That's super cool, especially if you're doing, um, you know, international business and you're trying to figure out ways to bridge the gap marketing-wise there. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Very cool. Jonathan, I think you said something really important there, and it was just you saw something cool, and you just like, let's test it. That's the cool thing with a lot of these tools is there's free versions for most of them. So just sign up and just give it a go and see what happens. You don't have to use the things um, like I just saw one that was uh, a company called Make Shorts to make, uh, you know, clips like Opus Clips or like some of these other clip making ones. Uh, it didn't work very good for me because uh, the original video I gave it kind of sucked. But I was like, oh, cool. So another another one in the tool belt. If, uh, you know, maybe Opus Clips or Headliner doesn't work, I have, an, I have another one I can go to. But it's like, yeah, just kind of keeping your antenna open for new tools that are coming out because they're like new ones coming out every day. So find one that catches your eye and jump in, use it. And if you like it, you like it. And if not, just throw it away. That's awesome. Um, we've also had some folks jump in here. And and Jared, feel free if you want to add any color to how you've been using it about blogs, too. I want to give you. Yeah, I, I can hop in there. Sorry, I don't have my camera on. I got a <laughs> broke my ankle, so I'm not, not in a. Jared, oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm good. Um, yeah, I, I've been using it as a launching point. Uh, I'm not always the best when it comes to to writing, 
um, or, or even sometimes trying to come up with a uh, what to write about. At times, can be difficult not having the technical information myself. So it's I've been using it as a place to kind of get a framework, um, just as Jonathan said, getting a something to to start with is a kind of used as a skeleton in that framework to be able to uh, input stuff that pertains to us more, make it in our own style. Um, but it, it's it's been really helpful just to kind of get that that jumping off point um, to help save some of the the early work of of trying to build it all out from scratch. I love it. I love it. Um, so folks have been asking, or it's been coming up a little bit about podcasting. And I know, Brendan, you mentioned that you've been using it for podcasting. Mary Keogh brought it up. Anna, I don't know if Anna's here today, but she's doing something really cool in Riverside. Um, we've been using it a little bit to help speed up or, or make us not so reliant on a videographer to create like video content post things like IML. Um, but yeah, is anyone using it that way for, for video that they would like to share? I can share uh, unless uh, Mary, if you have something you want to jump in or if everybody else is doing podcast stuff, um, feel free to jump in. You first, Brendan. Okay. So I've been using ChatGPT and Claude. I like kind of go back and forth between the two uh, to help with like ideation for topics and then creating outlines and scripts. And then like for, so I'm doing that on my history podcast and then on the work, the, you know, the manufacturing marketer using uh, those tools to help me come up with questions, right? Like, so me and Aaron will pick a topic uh, and then it's like, okay, so what are, you know, 10 like talking points or 10 questions that we could talk about on the, on the show. And it really helps just get into it and start having good conversations without like us spending an hour on prep kind of thinking of, of questions. So it kind of just gets us to a place where we can start our conversation, which has been really helpful. Um, so we're recording the podcast in Zoom right now. Um, I have started to play around with some other tools. So on my most recent history podcast, I did uh, a recording in Squadcast, which was purchased by Descript. So it's a nice video and audio recorder. It works just like Zoom or like Zencaster, like Riverside. Uh, it, but it, you know, it records to your local machine and then it uploads to the cloud after the recording. So you have really nice quality audio and video. What's cool now though, is you can directly send those video files into Descript and then Descript does an automatic transcription. And honestly, it got me like 95% of the way there for, for the transcript. It was not good at some capitalization. You know, it was like people's names or like weird history stuff that it didn't necessarily get. And there's a couple of words that were, you know, it, it has trouble with synonyms sometimes. So, um, but you go through and you can edit the script or edit the video with a script, right? So instead of like trying to go into like, Premiere Pro and, you know, cut video and splice video and have it fade and fade out. You can just go into the script and select the text that you don't like anymore and delete it. And then it just edits the video. It has a little jump cut, but it does a pretty good job of like making it smooth. Um, so all that was really cool. So, and there's like um, AI, they call it studio sound, where they do a lot of like the audio mixing that is really difficult for someone that's not an audio engineer to do. So you kind of get in there and, you know, especially for like a hobby podcast, you can get in there and make it sound pretty nice. And I think you get that for like $12 a month with the, the script editor on their, their mm. plan. Um, and then what you can do is you can create compositions off that main video and so like you just go through and select the text that you want for a video clip like so you make a 90 second video clip you move that into a new project really easy like one click 
and you can start creating uh, videograms like super easy. So that's like manual um, videogram creation or like a lot of them you can do is if you upload a whole video to YouTube, like if we uploaded this IML to, to YouTube, what you can do is take that, that URL and put it into a tool like Headliner or a tool like Opus Clips or like that Make Shorts uh, tool that I talked about earlier. And it'll go through and do AI versions of creating those clips. Opus Clips does a really cool thing where it like gives you a score like we scored this clip a uh, 99 because it has a really good intro hook and it's got a really good body with a good story in it. Uh, so this, how does it clip. know? How does it know? It uses AI Peyton. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, and then a lot of them, like they do like publishing, like from Descript, you can do an automatic publish into YouTube. Um, I've done automatic publishes for clips into like Instagram and stuff. So the tools out there for podcasting are super cool. I have, no experience like you know it's all just like i've kind of messed around with premiere pro and edition and audacity and now like using the descript like it took me like an hour to edit an hour podcast and that was mostly just editing for content john barty if i'm pronouncing your name correctly you mentioned something in the chat about adobe podcast for voiceover content would you be willing to speak to that i don't know if that's been manual or if you've been it's been more ai Yeah, um, that is pretty much AI. Uh, you take whatever the spoken word audio file you have, you put it into there, and uh, it would make a space like this, where it's really cramped and echoey, sound like it was recorded in a you know professional studio. Uh, I've really enjoyed oh. using it so far. So it's like leveling out your sound for you without you having to go through and like do it all piece by piece. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of hard to describe. It's a bit like magic because it's not just the mixing and mastering of it, but it just makes it sound like it was recorded on a better microphone somehow. It's it's really strange. I, I really recommend you guys try it for yourself because I was blown away whenever I first uh, used it. And like, like talk about the value of that too, right? Like before without the Adobe or Descript doing their studio sound or, you know, however they're doing the AI audio editing, you'd have to go to an audio engineer or an audio mixer, you know, go to Fiverr or go to a, a place like Resonate or Sweetfish or some of these other podcast things. And, you know, we're doing basic audio editing for uh, an episode for TMM. It's $69 per episode. And for $12 a month, you can on Descript do 10 hours of recording with that studio sound. So like it drastically reduces the cost for you to get into creating pillar content like we are with IML, with the podcast, like what John's doing for podcasting. Uh, so it, it can drastically reduce the cost and the amount of time that it takes for humans to do that type of work. It's pretty powerful. Well, yeah, and it also would probably reduce the need for certain equipment, right? Like if you're just recording in a normal room with the microphone that's in your laptop, then you're, you know, saving a hundred couple hundred bucks on like, you know, expensive podcasting equipment. I mean, you still, you still want to have like a decent microphone, like and record with uh, a headset, but yeah, you like, you don't have to be in your own little studio. Like I don't have like heavy wool blankets around me or anything. And my audio sounds pretty crisp. Zach had a question in the chat about um, anyone using AI for operations and process work. And I know Salim, if it really is Salim this time, last time I called you out, Salim, your name was different. So Salim, how are you using it for operations process work? 
I see your always answers my questions. Salim always has the answers to my questions. <laughs> Zach, exactly. was there any more, Zach, was there any more specificity you wanted to add it onto that? No, I was just, I was just thinking of it and, and, you know, I'm like, we're, yeah, like we're, the conversation is talking about AI for content. And it just occurred to me that there's this whole realm of our work that is process and that is um, operational. And, you know, so much of that is, you know, figuring out, um, you know, know, someone mentioned A-B testing, but also just, uh, I think that was Kevin, but, uh, you know, just the timing of someone's buying process. You know, I was talking to an engineer last week, uh, it was actually at Graco, uh, who, you know, said, you know, like, yeah, you know, we look at, uh, we throw away newsletters when we're not in process, you know, when we're not in a buying cycle. Um, but we keep them when we are. And I'm like, well, how do you know? He's like, well, now that I've moved up into purchasing, I kind of just keep all of them and just sort of like look at them when we're, when any of my engineers are in a, I'm like, well, okay, that's fascinating. So like, how do we know? He's like, well, that's where we just sort of expect our reps to, you know, keep in touch. I'm like, okay, so maybe this is a job for AI. Maybe. And I don't know how that would work other than to maybe fish around to see when things are opened or when things are looked at, to look at those spikes on uh, searches. But I just that's so I want to hear what Slim has to say. I'll shut up now. Well, um, some some of this advice might not be accessible if you don't have HubSpot. But uh, one big piece we use AI for is uh, data quality. Operations Hub has, uh, you know, when you log everything, then you have to go through logs to look at patterns. Now there's uh, AI monitoring for uh, data quality in HubSpot. Uh, There's also uh, AI forecasting uh, for CRM. Uh, So instead of relying on uh, reps making uh, uh, an assumption in their forecasting, if you have enough data uh, uh, going back historically, now uh, AI can do forecasting for you and give you a percentage of how confident they are for your forecasting for pipeline. Uh, but to go, get out of HubSpot, what we've been using uh, AI for in operations is uh, we take our meeting transcriptions, feed them into uh, an LLM like ChatGPT. We use Claude and ask it to uh, give us uh, action items. I know there's a lot of uh, tools that do that for you, but we kind of like this, the, the simplicity of ChatGPT or um, uh, Claude. Uh, but uh, I don't know if people here count this as operations, but we do. We don't count knowledge bases as like marketing content, but we've also been doing a lot of work experimenting on generating knowledge bases using AI. And we've We've been working on a workflow that involves uh, the company's SME just to, uh, you know, reduce the involvement of this SME because SMEs usually don't have time. So we've gotten into a situation where uh, we can generate a suggested uh, list of topics, then we get those approved by the SME, then go back to the uh, AI, generate these topics and get the SME to edit instead of developing the content. And we've been successful at uh, creating some something that usually is an afterthought and everybody's like, no, we don't want to create knowledge bases. Now these knowledge bases are being created quickly and support teams have been loving it. Uh, for people asking Claude, yeah, uh, like Brendan said. 
That's so interesting to use it for meetings. Um, Thank you. And uh, I, I might as well talk, but everybody's been talking about content. Uh, we also use AI for content, but not uh, not the way uh, like these tools have been going to. Uh, we're still sticking with like our, our guns. Like we we still edit uh, on Premiere Pro, but we have add-ons, uh, an add-on called Autopod, which uh, takes a multicam uh, podcast and based on the audio. Uh, if it's recorded uh, in multiple tracks, like in Squadcast or in uh, Riverside or in Zencaster, uh, based on who's talking, it does the automatic switching of cameras. And if there's people, two people talking, it does like a joint view so we can edit a full hour podcast in literally 30 seconds. And then uh, we take transcriptions of podcasts and use those to generate uh, ideas, uh, ideation for, for written content afterwards. Very nice. Yeah, Brendan, that's faster than what you said earlier. You said an hour for a podcast, so. Yeah, and I have Premiere Pro, though, and that's like $10,000 a month. <laughs> Whatever well, it costs. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, additional costs, um, Andrew uh, Legrand asked if um, ChatGPT Plus uh, was worth it. Uh, yeah, Andrew, feel free to come on and, and talk a little bit more about how you're using chat GPT or, or what you're looking to get out of it. Uh, if you can find your unmute button. Yeah. I mean, we, we just kind of started diving into it. We're a really tiny team here, five people. Um, and I actually work for an association rather than a manufacturer itself. Um, so. But a manufacturing like, association, you're in it, you're in it. I, we're we're in it. In we're in community. it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we're kind of, just now diving into what's out there and um we don't know if we want to start paying for all these things yeah. we haven't really even tested them out um so i was just curious to see if anybody's had any experience with the paid versions yeah so i think you can get into chat gpt 3.5 for free still um so i have a script a subscription to a company called poe so poe.com um, and that is put on by Quora, uh, you know, the company where you can go, like people ask really weird questions and you can, that's like a, like that question and answer forum thing. Um, but so they have a tool called Poe and a subscription to Poe, I think is $16 a month. Um, and then that gets you access to the su subscription levels of GPT-4, Claude 2, like the GPT 32K, which gives you pretty large like input windows. Uh, and then the cloud ones go up to 100K. So like what I've been doing is like putting like whole podcast transcripts into my input and having it summarized there. So for $16 a month, you get access to those tools. And I think GPT-4 and then Claude 2, extremely powerful. Uh, I think you get much better results than you would get out of a 3.5. Um, a lot of these tools too, you can do like a month at a time, right? So I would recommend if you're interested sign up for a month and if it's cool then do like the annual plan right where you can save some costs there um, but i found it to be really helpful to have those uh for the work that i've been doing i swear it's like a different language like everyone's just name dropping all the different tool names i'm like okay wait what is this is this a person is this a i think they're trying to purposely kind of name them like people um well and that's why i asked which one is actually worth it because I don't want to pay for, you know, six or seven yeah. different subscriptions. If I didn't even know about Poe where you can get 
Yeah, it's so also nice because you get access to all of them. So you can kind of like put a prompt into GPT, a prompt into Claude and see like which you like better. Like I found like for a longer stuff, Claude does a better job of like the creative type of writing. Uh, whereas like GPT, I do a lot of like research type things in. Um, there was, but I will say like with Poe, there is a limitation, right? With like if you get the GPT plus, like you can put a lot of plugins onto GPT which you, you, I don't think you can do in Poe or you can't do it yet. So I've never really played around with like adding a bunch of those extensions that are available through OpenAI. Um, but if you just want to use the large language models and like have a chat window with it, Poe is really great. But if you're looking to do more advanced tools, you might need to look into like a GPT subscription like by itself. Awesome. So, um... We haven't talked about Google Bard yet, and I just saw Caitlin post in the chat that she's Team Bard over Team GPT. Caitlin, tell us what have you been doing with Google Bard? Um, why do you like it better? That is a hill I will die on. <laughs> okay, all oh, right, yes. let's hear it. <laughs> I, I love Bard. I feel like the free versions of everything is where I get hung up on, right? I don't want to pay for anything that I can't justify massive amounts of success on. So ChatGPT is free. And the limitations are, again, we're stuck to 2021 and, 2021 and prior. Um, and then some of the information that I'm getting back from it is just junk. Like we're in radio frequency shielding. So it's very specific. And the information that's readily available on Google is not up to snuff. And so BARD gives me a little more depth, I think, when I'm talking about those kind of topics. So yeah, for my specific use case and the, the things that I've needed out of um, these you know, AI tools, like BARD all the way for sure. Nice. Interesting. Um, we had, and, and this this is something that I think is is a whole challenge wrapped up. No matter no matter what tool you're using, I think I I tried to use Chat GPT for something before, um, and the where I struggled was from the first moment I put anything into the little text box. Like I was like, what do I even tell this thing? Mm -hmm. um, and I started by asking it a question. Um, and I think that's after discussing in like this prep call, we talked a lot and, and Kevin, I think you said, um, what was the phrase that you said? You're like, you can't ask it questions. You can't ask it to do something. You have to tell it to do something. So every time I prompt chat GPT or it, uh, Bard or any of these, I say, for example, I was asking it to get me a good budget for a LinkedIn campaign. We have a way of calculating that. I wanted to see how ChatGPT did it. So the way I prompted it, I said, you will act as a LinkedIn ads expert. I will give you the goals of my campaign and like the setup, the optimizations. You will recommend a budget for this campaign. And what it came back with was actually pretty darn close to what we would get uh, with our regular um, calculation. But to get to that answer, I had to try like five times to come up with a prompt. You have to, the the output is only as good as the input. Exactly. You really have to tell it exactly what to do. 
it is one of those things where it is garbage in, garbage out. And you kind of have to like think of these tools as like an entry level person or like a you know intern level person, right? Like if you give them very vague directions, just go work on this thing. Yeah, they might go work on it, but they're going to come back eight hours later, not anywhere close to what you wanted it to be, right? But if you give them very specific instructions, you know, format it this way, research this, and then at the end, this is what I want you to give me. Then you're going to get a lot closer to what you wanted uh, out of it, right? So one tip I have here is once you like start going through and testing out different inputs, you can copy your input and then just save it into like your Notion database or a Google Doc so that you can just copy and paste it in later and use that as the base prompt that you use um, and just keep building off of it. One thing I have noticed too, if you give it everything, like let's say you you want to write a piece of content after you've interviewed at SME. If you give it the transcript, like the whole transcript, and like it could, it does a pretty good job of reading through that and summarizing it and putting that into a, a format that, that can be read as an article. So the more that you put into the input in, as terms like resources, the better it's going to do giving you something on the backside. If you just try to have it go and do its own research, it's going to be pretty limited. Oh, Salim. See a hand up. Yeah, I just wanted to add, uh, we've found uh, specifically for content, a lot of success uh, using conversation versus a single engineered prompt. So we take transcripts of, of podcasts and we feed it to Claude and then ask it to summarize bullet points first. Once we like the bullet points, uh, we edit if we want to remove or add any of it. And then we prompt it to develop the, the content. And then we start like adjusting, saying like, Tone is uh, too informal. Make it uh, more punchy. Make it more edgy. Like, and and then we get to the point where we're comfortable, like taking this piece and just doing, uh, you know, the the usual edits. And it works. Uh, it speeds up a lot of our, for example, uh, social media uh, posts uh, based on these clips. Like, we can get uh, a post out within five minutes versus trying to, you know, uh, develop a really well. Uh, mm -hmm. thought out uh, post uh, that might take 30 minutes. Yeah. Nice. Nice, Salim. Uh, Brittany had a really great tip here in the chat. Uh, so she said to ask the tool what it needs. So she says, for example, in writing a press release, she asked what information it needs for me to write a good press release. I take that outline and add it in my information. Then I place it back in and ask it to write it. So yeah, I love that. Just asking what it needs to do really good work. Um, the other thing that you can do too, like, you know, I think we all know, you know, the headline is the most important piece of any copy, right? That's what draws people in. You can ask it to give you multiple versions. So tell the tool, give me 10 different versions of a headline. And then you, you say like, okay, I liked, you know, three and seven. So combine three and seven into a headline. And like Salim said, make it more punchy, make it more formal, add humor, you know, do all that kind of stuff and, and work it to a place where it gets to a better final, final product. This kind of circles back to a question that Dale asked early on um, about if the tools can be trained to use your own voice. Um, Brandon, I know that you said that you've like kind of fed yeah. the tool content before, but yeah, um, but so yeah, you, I think it like is, it is possible to do that, right? Like so. There's way I think there's ways to do it if you have like the GPT plus where you can give it like documents and start building out like like make your own repository that it bases its language model off of. 
Um, there's other tools out there like Jasper. Uh, so I think Jasper is one where you can go in and add in all of your brand language and then it will write based off that. I found Jasper to be a little difficult to use, uh, but that was probably six months ago and I haven't used it since. Uh, it was a little expensive for me to get in on it. Um, but yeah, so otherwise, like if let's say you have like two really good articles, Dale, that are on your website, they're like, this is like the primo thing that our voice sounds like. You can just use those in your prompt and say, use this article as a basis for the language that I want you to use, right? Make the article sound like these other two articles and it'll do its work to get it to look like that. Or you can like give it a couple articles and have it analyzed and say, based on these three articles, describe what my brand voice is. And it'll kick out, you know, your formal, you use this, 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 it gives you all the factors. And then you can use that in a future prompt, right? And just have that as a base prompt that you use for every prompt you have going forward. Interesting. That's how I feel about all of this. Just interesting. <laughs> Hopefully this conversation gets me over my hump of like, okay, I'm going to get in there. I'm going to play with it. Uh, yeah. Another, another uh, use case um, that folks are curious about um, was using it for SEO. And I know we talked a little bit about using it for keywords um, like keyword generation, stuff like that. Kevin, like you specifically were like, ah, you know, you could use it, but again, kind of like as a brainstorm pal, not sure how much you would trust it. Yeah. I mean, you could, again, put in a really specific prompt. I'm going to be running a paid search campaign or I'm looking for SEO keywords. Um, these are my core group of keywords that I'm starting with. Can you make me a list of additional keywords to target? Um, just to get the ball rolling, like Brendan is talking about, fear of the blinking cursor on the screen. Um, but I would never like prompt an AI to give me keywords and then run and put those into my paid search campaign. Um, I would then take those and then put them into Google Keyword Planner to figure out exactly how relevant they are what the budget and bid should be, um, put it through an accredited tool to get that end result. But again, just idea generation. I think a better way to do it would be to use a tool like, like Kevin said, like Google Search Console or SEMrush or, you know, stuff like AREFs or, or all these other keyword tools, right? Do your keyword research there and then use those keywords in your prompt and tell it to write an article based on these keywords. So you should probably do your own research. And I think a lot like Salim and a bunch of other people said not recommended to use these tools in keyword research. Yeah, not something you're just going to all of a sudden just blindly throw money behind. Um, Carla, you've brought up a couple great points in the chat um, throughout the whole conversation about ways that you've been using it, um, using AI, I should say. Um, you just mentioned using it for like frequently asked questions, um, things like that. Would you be willing to come on and speak to a little bit about how you're using it at, at your company and, and for your situation? Can anyone hear me? We can. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I have headphones that don't have a mic, so I guess <laughs> I'll turn around. <laughs> um, so I've been using it for my computer uh, for content clusters. So we've been working really hard to rank for the keyword gear motor, gear motors, all the variations. And I used it to write a bunch of blogs, 
um, ask for frequently asked questions, and just how to make my landing page better. So I ran those blogs by engineering because if you scroll up, I had said that, you know, we always want content from engineers because I can only tell you so much about a gearbox. Yeah. But they know the nitty gritty. So it's easier to send it to them and say, hey, does this sound right? Or is are there any glaring mistakes versus, hey, can you write me something from scratch? So um, we got a bunch of content from that page and we got a boost in, in uh, organic traffic to that page. So like right now we rank like uh, between one and five for any variations of the word gear mock, gear box, gear motor, gear motors, gear space motor. And we have gotten a cert for it for one of the um, the questions like, what is a gear motor? And we were that drop down. That's awesome. Nice. Okay. So you're, you're seeing like you're getting traction from the output of whatever you've used, like whatever you've done with AI tools. You're like, okay, I'm seeing like, after you put some more work into it mm-hmm. and you're still running it through your team, like you would any content that you're writing. Yes. Um, but it's working for you. So yeah, that's how I um, put the link in there. I know some of the rankings and stuff may have switched, but I know as of the summer we had that serve. It may have gone down because, you know, algorithm. Yeah. <laughs> that's life. Right. That's a, that's awesome. Um, really cool. Really cool to hear about that. Um, well, folks, we're coming up to our 45 minute mark. Um, one thing that we haven't talked about, but I want to put Patrick on the spot. Cause I think it's pretty cool. Um, this gets a little bit more technical, but Patrick, tell us how you've been using AI to help level up your technical skills um yeah so internally i make a lot of dashboards for gorilla using google's data studio and some of that's just basic stuff like google analytics connector pick a dimension like the campaign you have and then how many sessions did drive but sometimes if you want to make like a custom visualization or do a different breakdown that's from that's not already in google analytics like certain event names only or breaking everything down from paid media versus everything else um, sometimes requires like SQL coding. And I don't know SQL codings like as an analyst, whether it's Gorilla or mostly any other agency, like we're very techie, but we're not quite like our web developers who build websites. So this doesn't just apply to SQL. It's also like probably can be applied to a lot of technical skills. If you don't feel very comfortable doing it, you can ask AI, like, hey, how would I write this code if I want the data to do this? I will say, I don't know about the other options, but I know ChatGPT, its technical knowledge only goes up until like Q4 of 2021, which holds it back a little bit just because Google Data Studio has been updated since then. But if you're doing like Facebook, LinkedIn, Google Ads, Data Studio, Tableau, you can typically ask ChatGPT like, hey, how do I do this or make it do this? Um, And there's even instances I put in the chat where the language or like code that it gave me didn't work. And I told it this specific error message that Data Studio gave me. And then it's like, oh, it literally says, oh, my bad. Gives me a fix and then it works. So... It, it's a nice way to like level up your technical skills. Very cool. All right. 
we've covered a lot of ground. Um, we'll definitely, if you're in the IML Slack community, or if you want to be just post in the chat and we'll invite you. Um, folks have been asking for like the recording of this call and things like that. We always share that. Um, and they're so happy to do that. I know we've mentioned a lot of tools um, and we can start a thread about that too. There's even some tools that came up in the chat that we haven't like talked about specifically. I think someone mentioned really liking lex.page um, too. So uh, there's that. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say before we move into like final thoughts from the team about like, all right, so now we're in this world of AI. What do we do? Um, Adam, I saw your question about HubSpot. Um, I know that some of the AI tools are available, but a lot of them are still in beta. Has have folks like been able to get access? We have, we do. We have access to it as far as but it's kind of like two sides of it. There's the uh I can't remember what the heck they call it now. They have a goofy name for everything. Uh there's the one where it's the lead scoring, uh, which seemed really cool. Um, and then there's the one where it uh the chat spot. Um, which it does a couple things where it like analyzes a contact that can say like summarize the history of it, but it'll also like write content and things. And we, I just started looking at it. I haven't done anything with it yet. Yeah. I don't know so, how much we've really used it, but yeah. For the yeah. writing side, it's kind of limited. I think you can only really use it for blogs and emails. Um, if you wanted to generate, um, some content for you. But if you're writing a lot of blogs and you're writing a lot of emails, I mean, it's yeah, it's not bad. Um, it, it's amazing how little it needs to give you something. But I don't know if it's as good as some of the other tools as far as being able to refine it down and it give you something that is really kind of original and not just kind of spitting back out what you gave it. Cool. All right. Well, let's move to some final thoughts. Um, Kevin, Alan, Brendan. What do you think? We've talked about a lot. We've covered a lot of ground. Where, Kevin, we'll start with you. Where do folks go next? Well, I think with AI, it, we talk about it. We're talking about it so much. It's the talk of the marketing world. You know, it's 2023 is the year of AI. But I think you'd be shocked at how unbelievably early we are in all of this. Um, I think we're going to look back at this video, this YouTube recording in 10 years and laugh at all of the tools we're talking about and how simple they are because AI is going to um, affect everything that we do in a very significant way. Um, I think about like social media in the late 2000s and how it felt like this is going to be big and it's going to impact marketing, but we didn't really know what to do with it yet, right? It was, there was millions of users, maybe tens of millions, not hundreds of millions and billions. Um, I think AI the same way, like we are so, so early and I think it's really cool that we're talking about it and we're learning so much now because it's going to be the foundation of everything we do for the rest of our, all of our careers. So just whether you're using it for actual marketing deliverables or you're just using it to learn, it's still incredibly valuable to get in there and get your hands dirty. Yeah, and I just want to reinforce something that came up in the chat. Um, HubSpot has an option to put your transcript in there and it will give you a call report or something like that. And um, But before you do it, it warns you, hey, everything that is in this call report is going to be going out to the wide world of 
AI to be mined and used, be aware of that. So be be mindful of when you have something in your SME interview or whatever it may be that you don't want to be out there for the world to use. Yeah. And also, so folks like Jonathan who are doing some competitor research. Hmm. <laughs> and pro tip, but be nice to your AI now. Um, earn brownie points so that when there are overlords, they will like. <laughs> Brendan. Yeah, I just say try stuff out. Just play with it. It's a playground right now. Who knows where it's going to go, but be early and just be paying attention and just play around with things and then find some resources that you like, you know, podcasts or newsletters or, you know, people on TikTok or LinkedIn and just listen to hear what's going on. So you don't have to be the one who's doing all the research, right? Like we all have other full-time jobs. So uh, play around with it, but, you know, rely on the resources that are out there that people are actually like, this is what they're doing for their work. So that's what I'd say. Awesome. Yeah, one that I shared in the chat already um, that Brendan shared with us the other day, there's a website called there's an AI for that.com um, helps kind of give you a breakdown of what what there is. And then um, a podcast that we've been listening to um, marketing AI podcast has been uh, something that we've been binging at gorilla. So if you're interested in this topic, want to dive deeper. I'll shout out another uh, a newsletter that I've been following. It's called The Code. Um, I will uh, put a link to how to subscribe to that in IML Slack. Sweet. Awesome. And uh, so thanks, everyone, for joining. Um, I know we ran a little bit long. We've got, can't believe we're in Q4, but our next topic is going to be um, with the lovely folks from uh, Kadena's Part Solutions, Adam, who's here today. I think I saw Kelly join too. We're going to be talking about organic social. Um, I know that's a huge part of so many in-house marketing roles. So Adam, super excited to have you and the team uh, join us uh, on October 19th for that. We'll be there. Yeah. And then um, last thing I will say... Um, have a great week. That's all I've got. <laughs> I hope New you podcast episode dropped. Part two of industrial product launches with the Graco guys. Uh, so we actually talked about product launches. So jump into your podcast player and check out that episode. It was it was fun. Me and Naren were on there. We had a good time. Awesome. Great. Lots of great content out there. Uh, we'll be following up with you all and we'll see you in Slack until next time. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye. Bye.